Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are sitting down with us by the campfire and we're about to tell scary stories of the game industry. This is Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. I'm your host, Larry Charles, and here, as always, fresh off the ice cream truck, Mr. Brandon Fan. How are you guys doing? Here we are again with another episode of Game Dev Unchained. Special <laughs> guest today, Ray Graham. <laughs> you gotta say something. Yes, it's great to be here, guys. <laughs> so, um, Brandon and Ray worked together at 2K Studios. That's where you first met, right? Right. And Ray Graham is a very talented and, you know, very prestigious engineer in the gaming industry. He's worked at many companies. He's worked behind the scenes on technology and engine tech and also in game development and programming for AI, I believe. Uh, uh, maybe some rendering or am I just bragging on your behalf? Yeah, you're bragging. Okay. But it's just all mostly graphics and engine stuff. Graphics and engine stuff. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, a little bit of background on where you worked at, man. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's been a long time, you know. I worked at a bunch of different places, uh, you know, at, uh, started my career at a place called New Effects mm-hmm. that became, uh, EA Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, left there right when it turned into EA Chicago pretty much, <laughs> uh, worked at visual, visual concepts, uh, EA, 2K, 2K games, and then, uh, Ubisoft Toronto, where we're talking to Splinter Cell. And now I'm at Unity. Back to Unity. You kind of skipped a big one right there. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And I was at, yeah, yeah. I was at Apple. Worked at Apple. <laughs> for for a whole year and a half, we were getting product endorsements every time we talked to Ray. It was two years. It was two years. <laughs> two years. And I will still big up Apple's products to this day. So. <laughs> good times, man. Good times. Well, it's good to have you back. Good to talk to you again. And uh, we brought you in for a special reason. And it's not because you're a minority. But it's because you have a lot of information on being a minority in the gaming industry. Yeah, I yeah. would say a lot of information, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know, Game Dev Unchained. We're a voice that we like to shine a flashlight on the truth because there's a lot of people out there who like to sweep stuff under the rug or just hide from what's really going on, and it's disrespectful to the developers. And so. I don't know, we just kind of started this podcast to demystify and just be honest, you know, it's all about honesty here. Yeah, and uh, if you haven't read the title, and Larry mentioned it, this is Minorities in the Game Industry, and when, uh, this is a two-part, we'll talk mostly to Grant, uh, to Ray, and uh, and Larry about, you know, their experience. Because apparently Brandon has not had any minority experiences. Nah. Brandon <laughs> is Asian and he's fine. Apparently Brandon wasn't kicked out of the prestigious Asian group and had to earn his way in. That no, never okay, happened. I'll share some of mine. But, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is like, no, this was brought to my attention, Larry. I had no idea, but <laughs> listeners have told me that you are a minority. That's crazy. <laughs> 
Yeah, man, you know, it's, what's crazy about it is, like, I also didn't know I was a minority until somebody brought it up and told me that I was one. <laughs> yeah, that's the recruiter. The, that's how it works. It's like one day you, like, you think you're part of the team, and they're like, oh, no, hold on, special treatment for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, being real, I will say this. I'll start off by saying this. I am a minority. I'm African-American, and I work in the video games development industry. And I will say, for the most part, my experience has been a lot like everyone else's right like I don't feel like I've had many horrible things happen to me but like you know I go to a company and even though I may be one of three African Americans there I never felt like unwelcomed I never felt like there was racial tension you know but there have been moments and there have been things that have happened to me where it's like yo this is some bullshit you know what I mean and it's it's usually outside of the company I work for, and it's just the rest of the industry. You know what I mean? Because the people who you work with, they know about you. They know your personality. They know, you know, your mannerisms. And, you know, I guess after getting to know you, they know that you're not the big, scary black guy. But I hate to say that, but it's true because – pretty I, big and scary. You exactly. Know yeah. I'm you not as – black. <laughs> Well, like once you meet me and talk to me, it's not very off-putting to be around me. But I know initially, I can tell just by how people change after they know me. You know what I mean? They become very comfortable. You know, so uh, I don't know if that's whatever. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, what about you, Ray? I mean, you're starting the industry. How was that? Uh, starting? Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, my start. In the industry, it was pretty. It's pretty normal. Like all my experiences have pretty much been like Larry's, right? Like just really, really. Uh, nobody's really treated me that differently. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, it, I I don't have any real horror stories to, to tell. It's been it's been pretty good. Um, but yeah, but there's been instances <laughs> where you're like, where you're like, yeah, you have it's some kinda, stars to share. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it's all real. All of it's really minor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Like, like, you know, like sometimes I started at a company with another black dude, another, another, uh, a guy that actually I worked with before. We both started at the, around the same time at a company about maybe about a week apart. And like one person at the company just could not tell us apart. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like even, even though like I'm six two, the other dude is like five nine. Right and like and like many shades lighter, right? They just could tell us apart. Like, but it's, it's and you know I just laugh about it. And it's like hilarious, right? But yeah. it's you know it's just like yeah, whatever. I'm only laughing now that you say that and, and seeing this. Yeah, seeing Vernon's reaction. I was I, just sitting behind him when this was happening, so, Larry. So there's a guest on the podcast we had. His name's Tav. Tav and I used to sit one desk away from each other. And there's a guy in the studio. Now, I'm 6'5", and I'm, like, football player size. Tav is, like, Kobe Bryant, but six six foot. Tav's, like, six foot, like, slender. You know you what guys I mean? Are, you guys are around the same height, <laughs> like, a distance. And you're about the same shade. Okay. So it's all right. But, but, the, <laughs> but the silhouette, Ray, the silhouette. If we were standing in the sun, and, we, and you saw our shadows, right? Like... <laughs> There is no way you wouldn't be able to tell the two of us apart. But there is one individual at the studio who would just kind of say a name and see who would respond. And then he would know who he was talking to. Like, while he was walking up, he'd be like, hey, Larry. And then I would look. Oh, sorry, Tav. Hey, Tav, I need this thing. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. That's terrible. 
terrible. We worked no, together we, for a whole yeah. year. <laughs> for years, man. We would go to do, uh, so both of us were, uh, what do you call it, temporary voiceover actors, right? And they would they would mess up who was doing which character. Like, oh, Larry, you're doing this guy, right? Like, no, that's Tav, man. Tav is doing that guy. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. Larry, you're doing this guy, okay. Same guy. <laughs> really nice guy, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Love the guy to death. And I'm not going to say his name because I don't want anyone to think that there, he has any sort of problems. But it's it's just a funny story. It was naive. It was like, honestly, God, he cannot tell them apart. Like, it wasn't even malice or anything like that. Yeah. It's, like, that's, he, he was doing a really, double look. That's just really weird to me. I don't understand. Yeah. I just don't understand it. But but whatever. Yeah. yeah it's the comparison <laughs> but, is literally like Shaquille O'Neal next to Kobe Bryant and the guys just sitting there like Oh shit. <laughs> and the thing is, he is clearly displaying, Oh shit, I can't tell. <laughs> like it wasn't even subtle the way he was trying to decide. <laughs> it was like the he's beat of pro- sweat. He's probably just not good with names. That's <laughs> I don't know. He knew no one else got their characters messed up. I'll just no say one. that. Oh, man. So, uh, Ray, there was a, a story I remember you told us. This is my favorite story. Um, you were an engineer for, I think you were an Apple engineer, talking about Swift at a conference, and a guy came up needing some assistance. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. please, please. This is a good That's, one. This is probably, yeah, this is probably the worst <laughs> Apple, probably, right? It was. We're talking about. We're talking about metal. Oh, metal. Sorry, excuse me. It was at. It was at WWDC. And now, like you know, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? <laughs> so, like, I don't even know what the issue was, but I do know that he was talking to one of my colleagues before, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and one of my colleagues is an Asian dude, right? And uh, but he was busy, and so the guy, my colleague, was like, "Hey, uh, my colleague Ray here could help you out with whatever questions you have." Just ask Ray a question. It's fine. And this guy obviously had a question. He and he wanted help, yeah. right? And then he looks at me. He turns around, and looks at me, and he looks me up and down. Literally looks me up and down, right? Just like up and down. And then goes, "Oh no, I'm okay." I'm okay. Right? <laughs> and like, <laughs> and like, I'm not gonna like, like beg him to help him, right? You know what I mean? Right, so I'm just like, yo, okay, that's fine. Like I, sh- I like actually, I'm wearing the exact shirt I was wearing yeah. at at the at the the conference. It says engineer right across the front of it, <laughs> right? And so like, it's not like you could mistake me for you know anybody else, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, and he was just you know he's probably he was, he was from he was like he seemed like he was from Europe or somewhere I don't know where exactly. Mm-hmm. And he just he just did not want me to help him, you know. And like <laughs> and then like a couple of minutes later, I see him over the over at the other side of the room talking to somebody else, getting help from them. Right? So yeah, I can't I can't I can't beg. I can't beg <laughs> now, how does it, how does that make you feel though? Like. Let, all jokes aside, right? Like, do you take a moment like, yo, that's kind of fucked up, man? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, you think about it for a hot second, right? But, like, at, and at the time, I didn't really think nothing of it. Like, I kind of, like, you know what? You know, I didn't really get super offended by it, but I'm kind of like, man, like, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, this dude, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's just like, you know, I understand, I, you know, I've experienced. 
I know how it is, right? Like, you could look at me and you'd just be like, this guy cannot be. <laughs> Not even close. Right? He's got rebounding hands. Those hands are for rebounding. <laughs> You Not know, for code. And, and, and I totally and I totally understand, right? Yeah. Like, I totally understand why you would think that, right? Because, you know, of course, even me, like, I think I know almost every African-American engineer in the district. <laughs> well, now that you're talking about it, so, like, I, I, I want to take a second and welcome. I know I'm exaggerating, right? But I, I know quite a few of us, right? And there's not many of us around. I just want to be thankful, you know. <laughs> On behalf of the listeners, that we have seventy percent of the African American in this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, how common is it? Like Ray, you kind of brought it up. Like you kind of know everybody, and you're not even exaggerating. Well, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I a don't little know, like, bit, but like, I don't everybody. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I know a fair amount, especially out here in the, in the Bay Area, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, especially in the game industry, I would say in the Bay Area. And I was, I think I was actually fortunate, right? Because, uh, you know, when I worked at uh, uh, 2K, mm-hmm. no concepts, and actually also at 2K Marin, uh, that, that office had probably the highest concentration of black engineers mm-hmm. I've ever had. Well, any- at any company. But let's be real, Ray. You were making a basketball game. <laughs> Yo. I used to work for EA. And EA made basketball games. And they didn't have that many. Uh, I, just, I just couldn't resist the opportunity for the joke. <laughs> I'm sure they were all talented. Right? Oh, yeah. They're all super, super talented, right? And at, at one point, there was... There was uh, there was five mm-hmm. engineers in the building between the basketball game and two K Marin, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and that's that seems and it's it's really weird. It's I I, I feel it, I find it's really weird that that seems like a large number, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But, it, but really, in the grand scheme of things, it's actually a very very small number. It is yeah. five single digits. But but it's but it's like I I don't think I've worked at a company, even including Apple. Although I didn't know all of this, Apple's still so huge, right? But you know, if I do five injuries at Apple that were African American or black, I would be completely surprised. Yeah. And where do we look? I'm sorry. Let me jump in. Where do you look? I guess to start solving this problem, you know? Because when I think about it, I don't feel like race has ever denied me an opportunity in the gaming industry. Like, because I would have known in the interview process or in meeting people, like, up. Clearly, something that is beyond my control has gone wrong. I haven't gotten that that feeling. So, I mean, I think about it, it's like, well, where are the African Americans in the industry? And then I think about, well, where are those doors for entry into the industry where there's an abundance of African Americans? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think back to art school, not many African Americans. I think back to, you know, the environments where most of these game studios are, not many African Americans. And I don't want to just talk about black people, like, you know, uh, Hispanics is uh, also another minority in the gaming industry. I don't see, uh, I don't get to work with a lot of Hispanic people. Some, you know, but not like Asians or white, I'll say. <laughs> you guys hold it down. <laughs> 40%, by the way. 40%. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. like yeah. I, you know, I think there's there's a lot of programs currently going on, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's Black Girls Code. Mm-hmm. Shout out. What is that? Code, uh, Code 2020. 
right? Um, and there's other organizations that don't come to mind right now that are that are trying to get more people into mm-hmm. programming, just in general programming, mm-hmm. uh, early, right? So that they, they they see if they really like it and get into it. Uh, and that and you know, and I did I did volunteer for Black Girls Code like a couple months ago, and it was like it was very. It was very encouraging to see, you know, like, and then parents, parents come in bringing their kids mm-hmm. to, uh, to learn how to code, right? And especially like black, black girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and that's especially kind of cool to me too, right? Because the reason why I started was because of my mother, right? My mother was a, my mother was a programmer at IBM. Oh, years, come on now. So, wow. Right. I didn't so, know that. Check that out. You guys didn't know that? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to Ray's mom. Yeah, so you know, she bought me my first computer, took me to work, put me in computer camps early, right? <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I just, and I and I was just, I just liked it. I just yeah. like coding, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's all it's pretty much all her. And, and when I talk to other people, other people that I know, some guys have visual concepts, and and other people, folks I know, how they got started is usually parents. Their parents bought them a computer, and yeah, and that's how they got started, right? So a lot it's, of it so, so it's really yeah so it's really like exposure. you know yeah it's really like the doors and and getting yeah. exposure getting exposure out there right. But what's what's interesting is you know you said there there was a good turnout and you saw black parents bringing black children and like that's what's re encouraging to me. So it's it's me saying I think the problem is we just need to get these doors in the areas where more minorities are that can take advantage of them yeah. because the interest is there you know. Yeah yeah, Definitely, yeah. and and even. Just today, I saw an article like Apple, Apple like is, eighty million, right? Yeah, giving money to the to HBCUs, yes. right? Uh, for for scholarships uh, yes. for for uh, students to go and do internships yes. at Apple, right? Uh, so that's that's also another good step towards uh, towards like you know getting more folks in in the pipeline because you know they say there's there's no problem with discrimination. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about the pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, the, so there is things being done about the pipeline and and, get, and getting more folks interested, right? Yeah, and you know what? I will I will credit the art institutes because they took in more minorities than any privatized college that I've ever been to or heard of. <laughs> well, they're kind well, they, of getting in trouble for that. <laughs> They, they I wasn't going to say anything about that. I was trying to spin it in a positive way. No, you're being too subtle, man. You got to say that. <laughs> Specifically targeted. Let's <laughs> try to make the best of a bad situation, okay? But, I mean... No, I, but you're right. This podcast is about the truth. Like, um, you know, based on your experience, too, like a lot of the things that I noticed with Larry as well, and this is a story that... I find was very interesting when you told it, Ray. Like when you were at Apple and you were just eating lunch, you know, it seems like there's a community of just with strangers and a nod of acknowledgement. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Like you, you know, you saw the episode of Blackish, right? Brandon uh, doesn't watch Blackish. The nod. Well, you should watch it. You should watch. It. Anyway, it's for everybody. But yeah. uh, but specifically, the episode was entitled like the nod, yeah. right? you see another black folk you're supposed to give the nod right yep. and and yeah i was doing that a lot on the on the apple campus but also i was doing that like that was a thing when i was in university even 
mm-hmm. right? Because I went to a school in, in Canada called uh, University of Waterloo, uh, predominantly uh, Asian, white folks, right? It's a, it's a technical school, like for computer science, mathematics, uh, engineering, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and yeah, and like you, saw, you see another see another black person on campus it's like yo what's up man let me get your number <laughs> yo there's the i the cut Caribbean. my i cut your hair you cut mine <laughs> yeah there's the caribbean students like you know because in, in toronto yeah. in the toronto area there's a huge population of uh caribbean immigrants mm. and so most of us are all uh from caribbean background mm. so it's like oh yeah the caribbean students association is having a meeting. You should come. Like it was. It was just like, yo, we have to get the community together, right? This is great, right? Um, and even yeah, and and there, you know, my class was hundreds of people were in my class, and I and there was exactly five black people that I know. It's always five, and there was two. Two of them were were women. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it was just very. Uh, you're you're lucky, dude, that you even worked with a black woman. I'm trying to think if I have ever worked with a black woman in any of my game jobs. I've I've worked with uh, one for sure. Yeah, I can't I can't think of one. And if, many, if I have worked with have one and I'm forgetting industry, right? it, I've been in the industry. What's it now? Seventeen years, eighteen. Seventeen years, years and he met one. So you gotta like seven yeah. more years. To learn. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think hard about it too. It's like well, that's the problem. You gotta think yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. You're really reaching in yeah. that memory bank to to even pull out one. Yeah, I, I really can't think of one. And like I said, if we did work together, African American female out there, and I forgot you, I'm very sorry, but I I just can't think of one. <laughs> well, Ray, like growing up, going through the camps in university. Yeah, I bet you already foresaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's how it's happening, it's, right? It's just like it's just kind of like that's just the way it was, mm-hmm. right? And it and that's why it's not. It just wasn't very weird because coming up, it was like, yeah, it's always the only black person there. And if I see one other person besides me, it's like, oh my god, hey, it's like <laughs> it was like super surprising, right? Yeah, um, and and it's still, you know, twenty years in, it's still like that it's still the same to the some same. extent i think i think i think the numbers the numbers seem to me to be growing because i mm. seem to i keep meeting new people um but yeah but it's still it's still the a huge a huge imbalance right yeah i have to say uh, kind of going back to the nod um i almost always felt like it was like an acknowledgement of similar struggle you know sometimes where it would just be like What's up, bro? What's up, bro? And just like yeah. never met, don't know your name, but the, it was a genuine embrace, and then we went about each other's business. You know what yeah. I mean? It's crazy. See, I can't yeah. do that because I'll be doing that all day. There's, <laughs> there's too many of us Terrible. to give. Like they'll be offended. It's like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want from me right now? <laughs> well, then let's talk about the one time you did face discrimination. Uh, what? Yeah, remember at the yeah, yeah 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 yeah. So I was working at a company. I'll I'll leave it unnamed yeah. just to save some face. <laughs> I didn't know it was thing. I I, I had the opposite uh, upbringing than these guys. Like I felt like I was going to my guys in my industry, so I never really had a problem per se. Uh, it wasn't until I went to this company where I noticed that um, 
the different layers of Asians. It was like a caste <laughs> system. It was a caste <laughs> system. So me being Vietnamese, which is third world country Asian, uh, I noticed the you know the the, the higher grade Asians in quotes. <laughs> Always going out together. So I'm talking about the Japanese, Chinese, and Koreans. And I always sit back and I look around. And I'm with the Filipinos, <laughs> the Thais. I was like, what's going on here? You know, I talk to these guys just fine. And we laugh once in a while. But whenever they go out, they never really acknowledge me. And so so I, I made it out as a joke. Right? I was just joking. Later. I wasn't hurt by it or anything. I just thought it was funny, like a funny coincidence. Never thought of it. So as I was joking with Larry, you know, he's laughing about it. Um, just this one day, all of a sudden, uh, one of the guys in the group just asked me out to get a cup of coffee. He's like, I don't even drink coffee, but yeah, I'll totally go. <laughs> <laughs> and but I, as he's walking down the hallway, he gets to like where my desk aisle is. I see the group of the elite Asians, and then I see him. And like my face lit up, and I just gave him this <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> and I gave him a thumbs up back. It was silent, but it was like we both knew. It was an acknowledgement of struggle. <laughs> oh, God, you guys are terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing is, this is a true story, right? Like, we didn't participate in any sort of discrimination. It was, it's just, you know, Brandon was breaking barriers. Breaking barriers. <laughs> oh, man, way to represent. Well, I mean, going back, Larry, and I don't know if you want to share this story or not, but your entry, your introduction into the industry at E3. Oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this oh, might no. be a turn. No, hell yeah. Serious down. All right. I'm ready to share this story because, like, I didn't know if I was ever going to get to get this fucker back. <laughs> and, I mean, the podcast is small right now, so maybe 100 people will hear this. But if one of those 100 people knows the person that did this, go to this individual and say shame on him to his face and then give him this podcast link. So, I, uh, I was a... What were we like senior year at the Art Institute? Yeah. Like about to graduate, about to go into the game industry. And my good friend, Jim Rivers, who was always looking out for the students, so shout out to Jim Rivers, he hooked me up with a ticket to E3, free on the house. Like, didn't have to pay for a thing. So I'm excited. I'm there. I'm at the front door. I got my little swag bag with like, you know, all the little bookmarks and like the little thing of Purell and like all the little cheap, like the stupid stuff, right? It's just a big bag you're supposed to put stuff in. As yeah. you collect it. So the door's open. And I don't know where to go. So I just go straight. Because, I mean, I've never been to E3. So I'm like, I'm going to do what everyone else does. So the first booth in front of me was the Prima booth for, like, Prima strategy guides. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to look and see what new strategy guides are out. Because that's what you do at E3. So I put my bag down, like, by my feet. And then I just grab, like, one of the strategy guides. I think it was uh, Dragon Quest Four at the time. It just came out. Or something like that. So, like, I'm flipping through, like, a Dragon Quest strategy guide, and I'm, like, looking at it. And then, all of a sudden, I just hear, from from behind me, first I hear the teeth and the gum smack. <laughs> Can you put that back? And so, like, I'm shocked because it's like, now I know they wouldn't put out 500 strategy guides all over this booth. Just so that you could be like, wow, look at all these strategy Like, I knew it couldn't be the one in my hand. So, I turned to her, I was like, put what back? And she was like, the one that you put in your bag. And so I was taking it back. I took my bag. I emptied it upside down on the little booth. And, like, all that popped out was, like, bookmarks and, like, like the little trinkety stuff. Yeah. And this was the security guard, right? She wasn't part of the booth. She was security for the event. She wasn't Prima. 
So I see the primer guy because he has this badge. It was this white guy, like behind her. And this was a black woman. The security guard was a black woman with cornrows. The white dude, like, makes this face like, oh, shit. (laughs) And so he comes over to me and he's like, I'm sorry, this and that, this and that. And while he's trying to talk and I'm like, I don't even want to hear it. I'm like putting my stuff in my bag. I put the strategy guy down and I was walking out. And I hear, I know he's the type that steals. So I think it always burns more when it's your own. It's <laughs> and the fact that she was wrong, but yeah. she still had to somehow try to make it look like now this is only the halfway point of the story, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was the first thing that happened. So my E three trip is almost ruined because I'm salty as hell. And yeah. so I'm by myself, like I'm not even I'm not even like, you know, in the mood. So I go outside by like where the drinks are. I think I was getting like some lemonade or something. And I'm just like kind of sitting down. I'm real sad. I'm a student about to go into the game industry. My first big event, this is what happens to me, right? So I go sit outside and I'm like drinking my little lemonade or whatever. And there's a guy in like a a cream suit, a short, bald-headed, skinny white guy. And then he's talking to like a taller white gentleman who was wearing like a, a Bahama shirt with like jeans. They both had badges on. And they're like talking and talking. I'm just like drinking my lemonade. And then from the eavesdrop of the conversation, because, I mean, by proximity, I could hear everything they were saying. Uh, I found out that the shorter white guy with the bald head was like, he was running the company that runs E3. So I was like, oh, just my luck. Like, I can tell this individual about what happened to me and, like, maybe, you know, he can. Oh, it was worse than no. Like, so Ray is shaking his Ray head. Ray is shaking his head no. I'm, like already, this, I'm already shaking my head and saying that's not going to work out for you. Yeah, <laughs> but go ahead. So... <laughs> You know, so I'm novice, right, to, like, the the ways of the world, so to speak. And so yeah. when there's a break in their conversation, I get up and I go over to them. I was like, uh, excuse me, sir. Look, you know, I, I'm not trying to bother you guys. I just want to let you know about this experience I just had because I heard that you're such and such for this company. And so I tell him, like, the story without looking at me. Like, he's, like, kind of, like, looking at the ground in the distance. And he, like, you know, wipes the crumbs from his mouth or whatever. Still hasn't looked at me yet. And he's, like, formulating this thought. And then he looks at me and says... So what do you want me to do? Shoot her? Damn. Damn. So how do you f- how do you feel then, right? Like he didn't even have the respect, you know what I, I mean? Don't, I don't to, even know. I don't even know if that's so I don't even know if that's racial or not or what. I I don't even know. So what do you want me to do? Shoot her? I don't know, like, man. If you're not gonna do anything about maybe it, maybe if you want, like I don't know, like no, or maybe but, just say, or maybe even just say, hey, I feel bad that you had such an experience. Exactly. So that's the that thing. It's like response, yeah. exactly. That's what I'm saying. You represent the company that is putting this on, where all these people are coming right to support. You find somebody who has had such an egregiously terrible experience. And you don't do any sort of customer service. Like, you're like, oh, hey, man, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, this and that, this and that. Please try to have a good time. Even just acknowledging that it was messed up. Yeah. This mother effer <laughs> said, what do you want me to do? Shoot her? Yeah. <laughs> would, yeah. What did you say after that? You just walk off? I, I just left. That was, that was like my last moment at E3. I just literally just left right after that. Oh, man. Like, Welcome to the I'm game industry, right Larry. I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing past Ray and then future Larry right now. <laughs> so future Larry is like laughing it off because he's been through war. 
<laughs> but, uh, too. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever experienced something like that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. If I ever see like, that... like, of course, I experience people thinking I'm going to steal like all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I've experienced that, like outside again, the Apple just, Store, just walking, <laughs> just walking the street, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. That to this day that hurts because yeah. all he had to do was like, "Hey, man, I'm really sorry." You know, this, this, and that, like some basic yeah. comfort. No, he saw. Oh, let me. Oh, this, this. Let me handle this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, I don't even. Actually, I don't even think I would even be salty by the woman because I, because, because, like that's just every day. Like that's an everyday thing, right? So it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know. Like I wouldn't even be upset at that point. Although I should be, right? You should be. It was right? the but defamation just... of character. Like she got it wrong, yeah. right? Yeah. And then she insinuated that no, she's right. She just hasn't proven it yet. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh of course. man. Yeah. That's crazy. Man, now I'm sad. Like I'm fucking. <laughs> <laughs> On the lighter, my, my, my first E3 was a disaster. Uh. <laughs> it was, man. There's and there's been no sort of like, like I, I thought I was at the right place at the right time. Like I could tell this individual, and I don't know, you know, like I don't know what I was looking for out of it. I just didn't want to allow something like that to continue. And I thought that protesting it in a polite, you know, I didn't like, man, let me tell you about this. Like I was like, well, look, excuse me, gentlemen, I, I don't mean to interrupt, you know, because I waited for a break in their conversation and I explained. What happened to him? You're definitely, you're definitely very polite. I, I noticed this. I noticed this. Oh. To, to, to a fault. To a fault, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you gotta get black on some folks. Like <laughs> Should have rolled up my sleeves. And be like, all right, it's like that, huh? Oh boy, I'm gonna treat you like the person you think I am right now, <laughs> and totally validate all the prejudices that you have because. Yeah. I don't deserve it, but it's gonna feel good to validate. Like, no, nah, yeah. man, I just have people have people go, "Oh man, that dude is going crazy right now." Yeah, and it's all it takes is one wrong black moment, and then yeah, that's yeah. it, dude. That's it, and it's a problem. You got a label. We were just talking to a young lady in the last episode, or in a more recent episode, uh, how women in gaming, and she's like, just by speaking her mind, she's combative, and yeah, you know, so. Yeah. I, I think I think there's a little bit of that too for. People. Have you guys run into that? Like, I, I think I, I try. Or you have I, to respond a certain way, or have to bring up ideas. Yeah, like I've gone into fights with people like that. I'm not proud of, like for <laughs> sure. Like, and and I've just been very fortunate to for it to all get smoothed over very nicely. <laughs> uh, but you know, but it, the thought does cross your mind sometimes where you when you say something to somebody and then they. Like, you know, I was in a meeting and I mentioned something. I won't say the company or the person, but sure. I mentioned, I said something like this straight up a fact. This is like a fact if you know anything, right? This is a fact. <laughs> and I said it, and, and this guy was just like, he looked at the producer and was like, is he right? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, 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 forget about my years of experience. Forget about, I know what I'm talking about. Forget about this, this is my realm, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like, he had to go and ask the other dude, who was not as dark as me if I was <laughs> speaking the truth? And I'm just like, really? And like, and it, and it, it might not even have been really a, a racial thing per se, right? But but that's one of the things. Like when you are um, when you're a minority, you're kind of always it's in your mind, yeah. yeah. Because because you've been like yeah. you've experienced all these things throughout your life, right? Mm-hmm. So that now that even when something might be innocuous, you're kind of like, huh? 
Like, <laughs> is it <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, so and, and you know, it's it, some people rightfully, some people on the other side rightfully get upset, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh man, you guys are always making it about this and that, this other thing, right? And, I, and I'm like, yeah, I can understand how it could be annoying for you, right? Because you've never... <laughs> it's I, annoying. I, I can totally understand, right? Because you've never really... You haven't walked in the shoes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You haven't been through that. You haven't experienced that, right? Man, you're um, just so tired of hearing about all these black people talk about all these repetitive issues all the time that they yeah. keep going through. Oh my God, it's such an inconvenience to hear these terrible true stories. <laughs> like, you know, let's talk about that. Like, the other side of the coin... And- certain types of people would express that you know everything is cool everything is equal like you know things shouldn't be handed to you just because you're a certain color or whatever yeah like things should be at equal playing field and i mean that's not the argument you guys are fighting for right that's just like well because i'll I'll say this uh if you don't mind because i actually i do feel a certain type of way about this yes everything should be cool and everything should be equal but when the minority achieves a success, that's when you hear the, oh, well, you know, yeah. obviously Ray Ray's <laughs> getting special treatment. You know yeah. what I mean? Not because you're good. Not because you know what you're doing. Not because you get it right. Much like when Ray said, this is the fact. And the guy says, is he right? Yeah. <laughs> In front of you. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like. Yeah. And this is such a diss. What was the. What was the. Uh, there's a scandal that was going on, I think, about a month ago, like or a couple of weeks ago, in like the female gymnastics. Like the, I, I don't know the girl's name. The young oh, black girl just got like Gabby, a Gabby, Gabby Douglas. No, 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 no. I don't think Gabby Douglas. This was oh, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah. like got world world championship like gold, just the highest rank for whatever competition she was in. Like she just did this awesome like balance beam performance and i watched it and the dismount was like impeccable i had never seen such a dismount without like any sort of wobble just nailed it and i was like wow yeah that was pretty good (laughs) and uh she won but like the next day like some of the coaches and people were like yeah well maybe we should paint our girl's skin black so they can start winning and then the coach was saying stuff like yeah you know i don't think that black people have the the ability for like maybe management or you know for yeah, yeah. strategy you know they're very good at like strength based things and this and yeah. that what is yeah, yeah. this is 2015 i remember i remember that and How like that? do you know there's a website okay there's, you would say there's a website i go to and i read like pretty much every day they have a good article on there yeah. a website called very smart brothers <laughs> i need to watch that or i need to read very, that. very smart you. brothers is a dope website by the way i'm gonna shout them out real quick yeah very but, smart uh, brothers but they have a favorite like they, they have a it's not really it's not really their their term mm-hmm. that they've coined, but they use it a lot, right? And it's basically just white tears. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when 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 uh when the, somebody who's not black is crying crying about uh, the success of a uh, of a black person trying to trying to downplay it, right? Yeah. Uh, so th- I think that's a that's a perfect example of of white tears right there. So. And I will take a moment to just say this: no one on this podcast right now is racist. Uh, I'm equal opportunity everything, and you know, like I want women of any color creed, men of any color creed background, to all have an equal playing field. And I hate no one except for people who are racist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I whatever don't, color I, they are. I don't even think I hate racist people. Oh no, man, I can't stand I just, racist people. I just feel sorry for them, really, at this point. It's a bit. It's I'm just I'm just numb to it all now. I'm just I just feel real sorry for them. Yeah. 
Well, I, I want to bring up effects since I worked with both of you. So I've seen you operate, <laughs> right now, operate. at jobs. <laughs> and I, I'm a like the thing that I admire both of you, you guys kind of broke like two types of barriers. Like you went super signed twice. Like not only did Ray become a programmer and is black, <laughs> Larry is a designer that is black. And I've seen with you know the groups that you guys hang out with. Oh man. And they're not so black. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've been in conference I've seen Larry in conference rooms with designers. Yeah. It's very clear. <laughs> like he sticks out. Well, and I it's not say... even like close. <laughs> and we're talking about two very important jobs within yeah. the game, yeah. right? You're talking about programming, making it work, and you're talking about design, which is gameplay. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. the most two important components, I feel, sometimes are not very diverse. And what does that say about the types of games that we make? You know, yeah. does that play a factor? Do you guys feel that it plays? A factor? Oh yeah. Well, that's that's obvious, right? Like like. Yes, yes, it does. Right, like, like it's it's very obvious, right? And you know, and some people are saying, "Hey, you know, just let the creators create what they want." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I think creators should be able to create what they want. And uh, and I think that when games get created, though, there's always it's like a multi-faceted, multi-team, multi-person effort, right? And everybody has their ideas that throws into the pot, right? And so you know, like that that Dusex, which which one was it? The the, the revolution. Do sex human revolution where they had the the girl the character on the street with the horrible ass uh, ebonics mm. accent like just horrible right like right away I'm like yes no not no, one no black, black people works at that place not right? one because they not would have ever I know if it was me I would be like nah you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like nah you guys can't do that man. <laughs> But I will say, but I'll say, like, you know, I worked at Ubisoft and um, I was super impressed with, like, how they did stuff, right? Because, quite frankly, like, there's not, there's not a lot of black folks that work at Ubisoft. Let's just be real, right? Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, they're, they're a French company. I don't know how many people work, how many black folks over in France work there. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Or how many, I'm not sure of the total numbers of black folks in the Montreal office. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but they, but still, they've they've done good work in terms of like trying to be aware, right? Yeah. They've also gotten a lot of flack, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy. But but they've they've done good good stuff, right? Uh, I've got like a sp- with, with like Freedom Cry and yeah. with uh, the, the, what was it, Assassin's Creed, the, uh, the DLC with the Black Pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, it's a, it's an interesting thing about that, right? It was like. I, you know, again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Um, family's Jamaican. I know a lot of Trinidadians, a lot of Guyanese people. I know all the different accents in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. right? And when I played Freedom Cry, or it was actually when I played Black Flag, because he's a character on Black Flag, mm-hmm. and he was talking to the main character. I was like, wait a second. Is that like a Trinidad? Like, is he, wait, is that a Trinidadian accent? Like, I picked it up right away, right? Yeah. I was, That's a Trinidadian accent, right? And then I, I looked it up, a go- like, I Googled it. I'm like, oh, yeah, the character is supposed to be a Trinidad, like, from Trinidad, escaped slave or freed slave from Trinidad. Yep. I'm like, wow, they, that's amazing, right? And then I looked up, then I looked up the actual voice actor, and it's a guy in Montreal, Canadian, who is actually Trinidadian, yep. right? Uh, and I was like, damn, that's like, 
like they, they did a good job, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Where where most where, where most people, not even Hollywood movies, care enough, right? Where they they just get anybody off the street and just say, "Hey, man," and then make an accent or whatever. Right? Jamal, yeah, you eat at the Jamaican place, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Talk like they talk. <laughs> yeah. The so only like, reason. So like, oh, go ahead, so go ahead. There's, there's good. Yeah, there's good examples out there of, of the people doing a good job. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and that's really that's all that's really all people want. I think is just like just the respect. Yes, for yeah. sure. People don't want to be clowned, man. You know, like that's 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 a big thing with like when you have a majority group doing development and then trying to quote unquote include or portray a minority group that they don't relate, identify with, or have experience with, because if they're unfamiliar with that territory, what do they have to go off of but the stereotypes? You know, like, yes. and that's a big problem. Um, I want to bring up a story that I know through proxy. I didn't go through this myself, but it was shared with me uh, with one of my friends who is Taiwanese. Uh, I won't say his name and I won't say the name of the person who I'm about to talk about, but I'll tell you what his name rhymes with. So there's this very famous game coming out. It's called like BioBlock. And the guy writing the game, his name rhymes with, like, Ben Vereen. <laughs> so he's he's writing a character. It's like an Asian character for his game. Oh, God. And he, no one really talks to Ben Vereen, apparently. This is what I hear. And if Ben Vereen wants to come on and defend himself, you're more than welcome. But I'm going to tell the story as it was told to me. Uh, ben Vereen comes into my Taiwanese friend's office and says... Hey man, uh, I'm writing this character who's gonna be like a like fresh off the boat, kind of like fobbish. Can you say these things, these lines, like a fob would say it? Can you give? How would a fob say these lines? Was he using Was he using the actual term fob? So I'm I'm giving it to you the same way that it was told to me. All right. So I'm not gonna say yes or no because I can't verify. I'm just telling you with the same language how the story was told to me, because that's the only way that I can do it and stand behind it. How about them apples? <laughs> hey, hey, I don't know. That's, that sounds kind of offensive to me. But... Wasn't there was, wasn't but Brad, there Brandon, Brandon should talk about this real quick. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I know the story. I know who he's talking about. And there was like, there's a little more to that too, like where he was like unsure what was happening. And he was about to say, like, well, I would think that this would be uh, be how they would speak. But he's like, no, no, no. Why don't you just say it? How <laughs> can a good frame of reference? And so then he came to him basically because, you know, he has an accent. <laughs> and yeah. supposedly his speech is he's like some kind of expert. And that would be some kind of accurate portrayal in a game. It's so crazy, man. <laughs> this is this is what the minority sector gets to deal with. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we are at the forty-five minute mark. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and let's let's do some problem solving for the for the last segment. How about that? Learn how to create game assets in Unreal Four with Leo Gonzalez, a professional artist in the game industry, currently working at Certain Affinity. He's worked on games like Halo the Master Chief Collection and Lost Planet 3. Leo will walk you through his process step-by-step in this 11-hour tutorial showcasing Maya, Substance Designer, ZBrush, and Unreal 4. By the end of the class, you'll be able to build game-ready assets for Unreal games. 
And welcome back to Game Dev Unchained. We just paid a couple of bills. This is Larry Charles, host with Brandon Fam, and of course, our guest of honor, Mr. Raymond Graham. Thank you for joining us. Now let's get into the nitty gritty. How can we as a minority community improve the game development industry in a very positive way? What are some things we can do to cope with being minority? What are some things that majority can do to, I guess, be more accepting or acquiesce, I guess, at least some of these battles to minority groups and, you know, make a home for everyone here so everyone is involved? What's the strategy, Ray? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've, you know... I mentioned some things before. We've we've been doing some stuff, right? Like uh, the Blacks of Gaming thing. Mm -hmm. Actually, sorry, Black Girls Girls Code, I mentioned. Uh, Code 2020, I think Mm -hmm. it is. Um, And also, there is a Blacks in Gaming group. Uh, There's a Facebook group, and it's, you know, there's many different charters. There's a Bay Area charter, and there's a, a charter in LA, and, you know, and we foster, um, you know, Indies, mm-hmm. kids straight out of school, want to get a start, networking connections, right? Um, so all of these things are, are happening on, on our side to, to try to get more um, minorities into gaming. Mm-hmm. And I think that's into the game industry itself. Yeah. And that's, and that's uh, I think, is a good thing. Uh, in terms of what can non-minorities do? You know, really just, you know, I think most of it is just be respectful and, and be supportive and, you know, always yeah. be ready to listen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and when making content, think about, think about uh, what you're doing, you know, and, and say, how would somebody else think about this? Right? Yeah. Whether it be a woman, uh, a minority, you know, whoever, so. Do you have anything to add to that as far as coming from the design side? Sure. Uh, One of the things I can say when I'm talking to a minority group is I hate that we kind of have to look at it this way, but just understand that you are in a minority group and that maybe your opinions aren't or not your opinions, but your suffering isn't commonly experienced. Right. Like the things that you go through or deal with isn't commonly known by people who haven't gone through or dealt with it. So don't necessarily always be ready to attack when you see like, Oh, this is a thing that is racist. That's bringing me down and attack it with force, right? Come at it from a point of, they don't understand. So maybe I should help them understand, you know? So I try to diffuse more so than I do attack because attacking almost makes them standoffish. It makes them almost like feel dignified that whatever they did, like, Oh, well see, look at them. You know, like that's (laughs) 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 so whenever something bad happens to me, usually I I use my words (laughs) and uh, I make a very clear and elaborate point with like with, you know, with whatever detail or whatever, I guess, thing that has happened. I try to explain it as like, look, you can't do this because of this, because of this, because of this. You know, you have to understand that this is very, very impactful to somebody like myself or someone in my shoes, or just me in general, if it does directly affect me. You know, I think uh, just understanding is the best weapon that I have. It's just, you have to be very, very patient when you go that route, because you'll find yourself repeating yourself often. You'll find yourself telling the same type of anecdotes or lessons to different people, and you'll feel like you're saying it all the time. You know, so you have to be patient, but 
that is a, a good approach because when people come around, one, they appreciate that you didn't just jump on them, you know, and two, they actually learn something, right? They don't get defensive. They don't want to then escalate because you're escalating and it blows up into something that gets people fired, including yourself. So you're too, you're too nice, Larry. No, I'm, well, you're too nice. <laughs> Well, Larry's coming at it like, as a I, six five super muscular guy. Too. Yeah, because yeah, like, like, I know I, I, I always that, like, lose. Larry, Larry I always would lose. Scare some folks, right? Like some folks would be very scared, right? If you got all all angry with them, right? And folks are scared of me sometimes, right? Yeah. That's, that's that's definitely true, right? Yeah. But uh, but it's like oh, uh, actually, I actually have another story. But anyway, yeah, but, no, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Do it, do it. You got to say it. But uh, never mind. I will call this guy out. That's terrible. Uh, but uh, <laughs> don't call him out. Call out someone who has a name that rhymes like his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, but sometimes you have to get. You might have to get a little bit of forceful, and sometimes you just can't fix stupid. Sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like you know, some people are just stupid. Like some people just don't get it, right? Yeah. And there's some people that are very understanding and, and will come around, right? But there's some that just don't get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, my dignity, you know, and my pride is still very important. So if it came to a point where it was like, this is beyond an explanation. Like if someone on my birthday gave me a cake that said, happy birthday, N-word, I'm not going to explain shit. <laughs> That's, I, I no longer work at that company, you know. It's, Let's go through a lot of trouble. It's as simple as that. <laughs> And uh, for me, uh, to my Asian brothers and sisters, uh, keep rocking. Keep up the good work. <laughs> keep up the good work. We're doing great. Uh, wear glasses. If you don't have eye problems, wear glasses anyways. That helps us. Oh, Lord, we have the opposite uh, Superman problem. The Clark Kent is the superhero <laughs> in our industry. We are more respected. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, too but, funny. Yeah, I mean, like, just working with you guys and just watching. <laughs> <laughs> these things I've noticed so it's, it's been great uh, Ray thank you for coming on sharing your stories Larry always That's, hilarious it's, it's not over yet we still got six minutes man I well, want to I, mean, like, I guess, well, I, guess no, I, I want to go into something really quick all right, all right, keep uh, to, to kind of go back to the explanation thing so there was a, a friend of mine at a company I once worked for who whenever like a black issue right happened and he was non-black. Yeah. He would come to me so that we could talk about it. And I, I felt like I was representing, I was the diplomat of African-Americans everywhere. You know, it was like, let me go find out how black people feel about this. Hey, Larry. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but kind of, yeah, go ahead. It's okay. I understood like what was going on, right? And it's like, it kind of was like, oh, man, come on, dude. But at the same time, somebody who was interested in, an outlook that wasn't his own. Like I took it as an opportunity to shine some light and to share some insight. And it was always a positive experience. Even if initially I felt like it was kind of negative, right? Like it ended up always being positive. Like, yeah, wow. You know, thank you for breaking this down. Okay, cool. And we'd even debate sometimes, but it was always like from a, a mutual respect kind of standpoint, you know? So I, I always appreciated that. Even though it was kind of silly that I felt like I was, President Black. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> True story, though. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I think... Yeah, my, 
because when I said uh, when I talked about being afraid of somebody, it reminded me of a story. Um, actually, it's more recent. It's like when I was actually at Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just having a meeting with my manager. Mm-hmm. It was like a new, it was like a new manager. Mm-hmm. And so I went in to have a meeting with this guy, young young dude, like way younger than me, right? Young cat, really smart guy though. And he was sweating. <laughs> so much during the meeting Why? like he was like nervous and he was sweating and i'm like and i'm sitting there going i'm, I'm sitting there going is this dude like afraid of me right now like, i i just i just couldn't comprehend what was happening like he was sweating a lot right like he came around and and he came, became more uh once he got to know me, became more uh, loose, right? Sure, but it yeah. like it seemed like in that moment, like he didn't really know me, right? And he was very nervous, and he was sweating like a lot. And he's my manager. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like, did are you, you notice okay? this uh, with him with other people? No. Like you mentioned he was young. Maybe no, 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 no. He was like he's just high fiving everyone else. Yeah, he's super cool with everybody else. And, like with me, he was like he was nervous as hell for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know. Why. Maybe he had some bad experiences with big black people in the past. Maybe yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I'm I'm not saying that sarcastically. I like you know like yeah. Well, like, Larry, like, can you go any? Can you delve? Can you delve into uh, the six foot five aspect <laughs> of it? Oh yeah, uh, the the feeling of losing every single fight, no matter if you're right or wrong, just because of your intimidating presence, quote unquote. That aspect, yeah, that's that's something that you have to be conscious of. So maybe not every minority out there is going to be, you know, a larger individual, but I I became very conscious of how people engaged me very early on. You know, like let's just say in society in general, I'm walking down the street. I can't tell you how many people would rather just not take the risk, right? Like they will cross the street. They will never make eye contact no matter what. They just won't ever, like even if I say hello, so many people just automatically assume that I'm trouble, you yeah. know? And hey, like, I'm, I'm crossing the street, dude. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> That's how he met you, Larry. <laughs> I tried to give him the nod. He gave me the nod and go. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. Uh, but like. To me, right, like I, I end up feeling like, like I feel like a monster, you know, because it's like more often than not, it's safer for people to not engage you than to take the risk of engaging you because somewhere in their mind, they're worried about me being not the nice guy. Right. And it kind of sucks. But I mean, I don't know if I should like how I'm supposed to feel about that, because if you're thinking about, you know, just primitive or not primitive, but like primal thinking like, hey, this person could potentially be a predator. Like, yeah. get myself out of dangerous situations could be what they're thinking, as simple as that. Not necessarily, like, stay away from black people, you know what I mean? Or stay yeah, away yeah. from minorities. Well, like, there's also the perceived threat, right? Yeah. Like, like, if you were, like, if you were not dark, right? If you were the same size, but yeah. just not dark, yeah. uh, you might be less threatening, maybe. Yeah. Depending. Depending on the situation. Sure, yeah. I, I get you, man. I just, I'm just. Although, 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 like you remember, Mark, Mark Cuban got in trouble for saying, like, if I see a dude in a hoodie, I'm crossing the street too, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, but if I see a guy with tattoos on a mohawk, I'm crossing the street too, right? Yeah. Like he tried to clean it up. Yeah. And 
but and I think that part where you try to clean it up, he's like, he's a liar. You're just supposed <laughs> to be like, nah, nah, that guy's okay, right? But yeah. if you're darker, there's the stereotype, and you're a big ass dude, and so they're gonna be, they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna be running for the hills. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is with Larry that I've noticed, <laughs> there's two extremes. <laughs> Like there's there's one that would cross the street and not engage, and there's this one that's very engaging and like stepping into your like personal space. Like I don't. Have they would go space. out of their way to just say hi. And this happened the other day, and this happens pretty much every time I hang out with them. Where we were at the supermarket, and you want to explain that story? Yeah. <laughs> so what Brandon's saying is like, and I don't know where this thinking comes from either, but like he's right. People will over engage me. Like, just, like, unnecessarily, like, in a very weird kind of almost a clash introduction. Like, we're minding our own business. We were walking through the grocery store. Uh, we were having dinner at Brandon's house. And as soon as I get up to this aisle, this lady out of nowhere pops up. There's no soup in this aisle. There this is, is after, no this, soup in this aisle. This is after I made contact with the lady. She saw me and then continued on her way. And as I passed her, she jumped in front of Larry in between us just to say there's no soup in the aisle. And like I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. You're in the aisle that says soup. Maybe uh, just try the other end or something. Like I'm trying to be polite and we walk away. So we go down our aisle. She's got fever. We... We pull out to the other end. No, it's cool. And then she pops back out again. See, I told you, there is no soup in this aisle. And, like, this is just one story, right? Like, uh, we were at the movie theater. Like, people, everyone in our group, like, will walk by these individuals. No interaction whatsoever. No interaction whatsoever. Then I walk by. There was a power outage at this movie theater that we went to. And, like, all of us are walking out. And then... Our whole group walks out. I'm like at the tail end. And this kid turns around, looks at me. Magneto did it. It was Magneto. It's not even the right <laughs> X-Men. Like, okay. <laughs> Were you seeing the X-Men or something at the time? No. No. It was, it was like, a, like a totally unrelated movie. But the, I, th- I think the kid was trying to be funny, trying to relate. He got the mm. wrong X-Men. And Magneto doesn't power out the electricity. Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> It's like maybe these individuals, their strategy is let me know for sure if it's a safe guy or not by trying to like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think if you're if you're walking around with a bunch of Asian folks, I think you're okay. You know, at that point. But it's, it could be Brandon's strategy. They're trying to befriend the threat because they don't want to be the victim of the threat. It could be most likely cool by association. That's how I see it, man. Like a lot of people engaged, you just tried to get like an in, like tried to be like, I'm good, dude. I'm totally don't see color, but I'm just over engaging with color. <laughs> like I feel like it's compensating. Like what? How else can you explain that? Like that's an uppercut for me, man. If someone goes in my face and start yelling soup, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing? Don't talk to me. Three feet, please. <laughs> you're not very, you're not very friendly. Not very friendly at all. Well, uh, I'm not used to this type of behavior, man. It's not normal for me for people to pop out like that. Yeah, people will do that to me, though, right? Like I'm not as large as as Larry, but people don't uh, people don't do that to me at all. Like people people go out their way to not say Jack to me when I'm on the street, <laughs> right? You know, so. 
let me, how do you feel about that, Ray? Like that a majority of the individuals who have some sort of crossing path with you are like, oh shit, get out of his way. You know, like that's yeah. I I don't even know if I notice the oh shit, right? But they just don't. They just don't interact. They just don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's it's fine by me, really. Like, mm. I'm, I'm not very sociable that way with random people on the streets, right? I don't like it when people are too too friendly on the street to me. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of weird. But my wife is the complete opposite, and so it's it's really it's really weird. Like when we go out together, people are like people are all up in our business. And I'm like, why why is this person all up in our business? <laughs> and, then, and then my wife would be like, all talking to them and laughing with them, and I'm like, nah, I don't know these people. <laughs> but, <laughs> but how do you guys feel how much of that like let's take it back to the workplace how much of that if you bring it into a workplace with hr and like how do you feel that transfers over with ideas with how you interact with your colleagues like how do you feel if you have to do that but in a nicer way like how do i walk across the street mm. inside the workplace with you guys like i don't use my real voice at work <laughs> really? I don't. What What is your real voice? I, I don't notice the difference. Then. Well, you know me for a very long time, so like yeah, when I talk in my normal voice, it's it's this is my normal voice. I'm speaking without any sort of vocal control right now. But when I'm work, I, I talk like this. <laughs> oh, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I am dead serious. Now that you mentioned it, I am noticing that. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> it's less threatening, and people. <laughs> I can get my work done when people aren't threatened and worried about their safety. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like I noticed, I just noticed, I know I'm... There's a difference. I like to say that I study social dynamics, right? Like I, I'm very attentive to social dynamics. And that was just one of the things that I, I could pick up was like, you know, if I was just in my normal, like just how I talk, sometimes people would just respond in very, very weird or just kind of off-putting ways. But when I talk how I'm talking right now, which is how I talk when I'm at work, it's a whole different result. You know, I get people who are like more friendly, people who are more interested in talking to me. And it's the same person, just I'm not squeezing my nuts as I'm (laughs) letting the words come out. That's called called code switching, Larry. (laughs) I'm the same person. I just that's something I picked up on was like, I don't use my normal voice when I'm at work. Do you have that, Ray? Do you have a persona? I, I don't. I don't. There's nothing with my voice, right? That I have to change or anything like that, right? But, uh, and but I am like at work. I'm, you know, you worked with me, Brandon. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a straight, I'm a straight shooter. Yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna keep it real with you, right? Love it. But, yeah. uh, but I do like, and and I'll tell you, it has got me in trouble in the past, like, right? So <laughs> I've tried. That's what I love. Yeah, I love seeing that. <laughs> I've I've tried my I've tried my best. To, to be better, right? And, and to actually really, like, be more, you know, more easygoing at the job. I, I think I think when I when I went to when I went to Ubisoft Toronto, that's probably the first job I had where I was like, I'm going to just be really really chill. I'm going to try to be really really chill, right? And uh, and it worked. It worked pretty. Like I think it went pretty well, right? Like there's some there's like two instances that I'm totally not proud of that happened where I totally lost my cool, right? But code but, you know, black. Yeah, that got that got totally spooked over. But um, but yeah, but no, but uh, you know, I, I try to be very laid back and yeah. easygoing because I yeah, because I you know I don't want to be that menacing dude that is like 
intimidating and scary, right? Yeah. Having the new manager sweating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah, that I just totally like. I'm like I was sitting there like minding my own business. Like I was, I mean, that was just really weird that that dude was sweating so hard. <laughs> like was, how I see Ray is like he's he's a made man. Like <laughs> he's untouchable. <laughs> yeah, you've worked at like the big biggest companies. Yeah. And you have the credibility and, and the work ethic behind it, so you don't have to do anything else, really, but show your credentials, especially with programming. Programming is like, I, nothing yeah, matters I, except for code, right? Yeah. No, but, but I think, but I think like, uh, when you go to a new place, you just yeah. show up at a new place, you have, you have to prove yourself. Yeah. yeah. But I think any, anybody has to prove themselves. Yeah, right? definitely. But, uh, but, yeah, so you just have to say, hey, yeah, I, can, I know what I'm doing, yeah. right? And sometimes, sometimes it's sometimes, sometimes they'll look you up and down and say no thanks. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Well, Ray, if uh, you had one, you know, maybe big tip or piece of advice for a minority that could apply to like just anyone who is in a minority in the gaming industry, uh, you know, what would that be? What's the sage advice? I, I don't even think I figured it out yet, man. But I, I would just say just keep going. You know, mm-hmm. just keep going at it. Keep going at it. Uh, just keep being a good example. You know what I'm saying? And and just do your job and do it well. That's right. that's really the that's really the Dude. only thing only thing you can do, right? Just be you. Yeah. Right. And then and then hopefully things things will change and people understand that yeah, everybody's different. Yep. Yeah, let your work speak for itself. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm glad that that was the advice. Like that's that's awesome advice. That it's it's not an advice that pertains to a demographic because of color or character. It's content, execution, integrity, things that anybody of any race can, you know, I guess improve. So yeah. Well, Mr. Raymond Graham, uh, we are an hour into the podcast and a little bit over. Um, Yes, At yes. this time, we normally say, hey, is there anything cool that you're working on that you want to advertise or broadcast to the audience because you did us a favor by giving us this great content? So we we do you the favor of letting you have the platform of our audience. Is there anything you'd like to say or promote or shout out? Nope. But <laughs> nothing I can say or promote. But I well, we have time. Anything. You want to shout out to the other five black programmers out there? <laughs> <laughs> I would I would. I would just shout out. Yeah, actually, you know, there's there's a few black programmers I, sh- I can shout out real quick. Like, you know, my boy, my my boy uh, Sean Lee over at Visual Concepts, holding it down always, a good a source of inspiration. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and uh, Rob Gatson, one of the one of my good friends I worked with for many many years, holding it down. Dayton, uh, Dayton Anderson, holding it down, doing his thing. For many years, uh, I'm sure he has plenty of stories to tell in this, <laughs> this realm. Uh, yeah, that's about it, really. All right. And you guys, uh, in the same, did they uh, work in the same amount of years as you? Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah. Sean, Sean, been doing it for a long, long time. It's the same yeah. thing with Rob. Rob's been doing it even longer. Mm. Wow. Well, you know, I honestly feel like the Minorities in Gaming podcast is going to be a series because there's got to be so many good stories out there that, Ray, we're just going to consider you the inaugural episode of like a twice a year thing. (laughs) 
Dude, I know. Yeah, I know all these dudes got stories for, for days. Like, let's <laughs> think about it, dude. It's just like there's stories for days about this kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Straight from Ray's mouth and our experiences together, hopefully have entertained you, but also shine a little bit of light on what it's like. I hope that both ends can meet in the middle. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I'm Larry Charles. I'm out. This is Brandon Fan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me on, guys. Peace.